0: in certain spaces being the first to do something it can be lonely and I remember just that loneliness for those few minutes backstage while I was waiting to make an appearance to open up the show there's one more example that comes to mind my first TEDx talk was in London I was so excited when I got the news But I couldn't tell anyone. They told, you know, they said, don't let us, don't tell anyone. Don't put it out there until we tell you. So when they told me that I could, I remember putting it out there on Facebook and everyone, all the love. And then on the flight to London, I was nervous. I was going there by myself, nervous. Why did I tell everyone? And so on stage, (laughs) I had to. Uh, behind the scenes, I'm sorry, I had to text my friend, call my friend in the U.S. and say, hey, I'm scared, I'm nervous, and she helped walk me off the ledge. So, anyway, all of that to say, have cheerleaders, have the people that inspire.
1: You're listening to Powerful, a podcast that will provide you with solutions to ignite your superpowers, identify your limiting habits, and help you be more authentic. Hi, I'm your host, Bridget Brown-Jackson. The episodes are cultivated with you in mind and teach us how to be intentionally powerful. It is declared that you are ordained for it. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, Powerful, to another episode of Powerful. Oh, my. Y'all know I always love to use the word excited, but today I'm really excited. say that every time. Well, maybe every time I'm excited, but I am very, very excited for the special guest that we have in the studio with us today for this tape. And I'm telling you, you're going to walk away with a powerful, powerful message and inspiration. And you know, I love to tell you where the word inspiration came from. The word inspiration literally means to breathe into. She's about to breathe into you all. So I have this special guest. I'm going to let you know who she is in just a moment after we hear from this word from our sponsor. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Hey lady, so you've had success, you got it going on, but you still know there's something missing. You know so much more, you want so much more. So stop, get the help and the support that you need. Stop thinking about it and just be about it. You tried it your way, now get a coach. Go to simplytomorrow.com. That's simplytomorrow.com. All right, all right, powerful. Welcome, welcome back. We are again ready, ready, ready for our special, special guest. She's special and near and dear to me. Um, uh, but let's get get all the other stuff out of the way. Right. So this is one you don't want to miss. So make sure not only do you listen to the end, but you share it with somebody else. Can I get you to do that right now? Can you like, share, and subscribe? I need you to do that right now. Go to the show notes, leave us a comment. Let my special guest know how powerful she was and how she impacted your life. All right. Are y'all ready? I know I'm ready. This special guest today is near and dear to my heart because she is my new accountability partner. Y'all know I love to talk about get you accountability partner. Well, I did. I did. I did. I did. And all I did was do be my gregarious, uh, inspirational self. And I saw her make a post and I hit her up and... It's never been the same since. So I want to introduce to you my friend, Lee speaking Impact, Impact, uh, owner, CEO, founder, X Talk speaker, consultant, and former lawyer. Hey, I got my girl, M. Washington, in the building. M. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Listen, I. I've done a few
0: shows. I've never been introduced like this. Everyone needs a Bridget Brown Jackson, but I'm happy to be here. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Look, my mom said that to me one time. Uh, We had a 50th anniversary. My uncle was a former Black Panther. And he was assassinated in Chicago in 1969, along with Fred Hampton, uh, one of the most infamous cases uh, still in, in history of uh, uh, in the legal world. Well, you you allow so yourself about that part in the legal world. It was a 13 year um, uh, battle and everything. But anyways, he um, we were doing the 50th anniversary of his uh, death anniversary, like a memorial tribute. And my mom was like, everybody needs to bridge it. <laughs> you know my style. We'll talk about that later. You know that disc coming out right now. You know that I'm that I. So I love to have that. It's not that we're just a attention seeking, but we just love people. and We love for people to love us back. So I appreciate you, sis, for saying that. <laughs> but forget forget about me. Come on, come on. Let's get in here. Tell the good people a little bit more about you. I introduce you, but don't nobody know you like you. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. So again, my name is Emin. Washington. M is a nickname that I go by or that friends call me. And you all listening, you're my friend. So you can call me M. Or you can call me MM. I um I am a two-time TEDx speaker and I'm a TEDx coach. And that's what I am in this season. I believe that we all have different seasons and different ways that we show up in different seasons. And that's who that's how I'm showing up in this season to help people, particularly women. Uh, share their message, put their voice, their message in the world. I believe that with our voices, we can make an impact. And so that's what I do. I I do help uh, those that want to speak on the TEDx stage, but I also help women who are just, uh, just want to find their voice, use their voice, own their voice and and use and share their message with the world. So that's me in a nutshell.
1: And you are absolutely just marvelous. You know, everybody says, she just said earlier, everybody needs a Bridget. Well, I think everybody needs a M. Um, When I say her beautiful, beautiful spirit and personality is just radiating. It's just wonderful. She's almost like a magnet and you just drawn. So I don't think I was doing something when I met you. I think you were doing something and you in your Facebook post just had me. I was magnetized to you. Um, and so just simply, simply amazing. I love this uh, journey that we're on. I love the fact that you're my accountability partner. And that you just help help keep me in perspective uh keep my keep my mind together if you will, <laughs> and so I'm always telling people on this platform M you know get you an accountability partner get you yeah. a thought partner, make sure you have somebody that can help you on that way and so I wasn't gonna start out this way, but since we're talking about this let's go ahead right here uh, yeah. I know I'm not your only accountability partner and thought partner and things like that and so how have you found that? when you have other people to help sharpen you what yeah. that has done for you
0: Oh it's done a lot and and I'm glad that you um that you're constantly sharing that message and 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 letting people know that accountability matters it has been a game changer for me having at least one but but like you said I have several as do you <laughs> but um having at least one accountability partner <clears throat> helps us go Farther, fastest. Mm. It's knowing that you have to. You have to. Okay, I'll give this example. Several years ago, I was trying to lose weight, and so I did Jenny Craig. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention. I did this program. Okay, and um, every week you have a weekly check in. So I would go my my days to check in were Saturday mornings. I wanted to do it nice and early so that I had the rest of my Saturday. So I would go in get weighed. Okay. The scale went down to, okay. The scale went down 0.8 or, you know, whatever. And, and then I would leave. And, and then that Saturday I'd be like, okay, well, I don't have, I have at least seven days or six and a half days. to like, so today I can eat what I want. Let me enjoy this weekend. And, and so I would, you know, kind of fall off the wagon, so to speak, (laughs) maybe Saturday, Sunday, maybe even Monday, but come Tuesday, I'd be like, eh, I'm going to meet with uh, my my uh, what what is it called? But you know the the service agent over there on Saturday, so I need to shape up. So I would watch what I was doing, watch watch what I was eating, so that the next time I went in a few days, the scale would go down. Well, so that to me was an indication that just just knowing that I have to. Re- uh, re- report to someone, okay. respond, or you know, just having that person. It's not like a boss or someone beating you over the head. Just knowing that helped me. So I may have slipped for the day or two, but knowing I had to report to someone brought me back in check. And I, I I believe that's why I was successful in that program.
1: Yeah, definitely. A lot of people think the word accountability, as I talk to people as being a former uh, educator, as well as me now being a business owner, when yeah. I use the, and, and it's definitely in my role as a behavioral wealth strategist, um, when I use the word accountability, some people don't like the word accountability unless they've been trained to yes. embrace that word. And so right. when they hear the word accountability, because so many people have misused it, Right, People don't take it in its right manner. And so, yeah, seeking out that accountability is so very important because we're human. We're human. And by nature, we're going to go back to habits. And sometimes those habits do not serve us. And so, therefore, there's nothing wrong with having somebody that's going to poke you, prod you, put fire under you. But also the job of that accountability person is to inspire you. As I said at the beginning, like breathe Mm -hmm. life into you. And that's what you do. I remember uh, last week or no, about, about two weeks ago, I think I was throwing something out there to you. And you was like, uh-uh, Bridget, uh-uh, uh-uh. You need to do X, Y, and Z. And so literally about seven days, I got an opportunity for something. And as I was write- writing it out, I was like, you were on my shoulder in my head said, uh-uh, Bridget, this is the route you need to go with that. And then also I have to realize that as a, a former lawyer, you know, and I don't want to say former lawyer because you still are, <laughs> look, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm gonna still maintain that license. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly.
1: Yeah. You like me. Look, I still got my licensure. So I don't tell people I'm no former educator. I'm still paying for that stuff. <laughs> I am one. <laughs> so you are still having that, that legal background and everything. You know, you you can give me a sense of direction like nobody else can. So that is really wonderful. So again, I just want to say I want to give you your flowers and give them to you right here in public so people understand and know you are just really, really magnificent. So let's talk about lead, speak, and impact. Um, let's unpack that a little bit. Um, what started you on that journey of uh coaching
0: TEDx? Yes. So that's
1: the TEDx piece
0: um was completely unexpected, right? I I discovered several years ago that um I love to teach and I love to coach, even though I did not like the title coach it, I was resistant to that for a long time uh-huh. but I I when you know how you do these things where you you try you do a personal assessment and I love personal assessments I know you do too um and but then I also asked uh people that were close to me five to ten people you know what are my strengths what do you see about me you know that so yeah. I asked and and inevitably almost everyone talked about you know that how I I coach or I teach, you know, that I'm a good and they come to me for advice. So so that helps me to embrace the coaching thing. So but in the beginning I was uh operating as a success coach. Really um you talk about cheering people on and inspiring that is um that's why we're kindred spirits because that's what I love to do as well. And so that's the space that I believe that um God had me. And then I did my I did my TEDx talk, my first one, and folks started DMing me, "Hey, how did you do it? Can you coach me this?" And I was like, "Sure." And and at first, I was just, you know, yeah, do this, do that, and and then I felt I had this nudge, like, "This is the direction I want you to go in." Again, I was resistant. I, this was t- end of twenty twenty, beginning of twenty twenty one, pandemic. I'm like, th- "This was." I didn't see TEDx coach like who. I, You know, what does that even look like? So I was resistant, but it eventually I opened my mind and my heart open, you know, up to it and just started putting, putting together packages for people. Okay. I can help you with this and that, and that's how that began. And, you know, I'm happy to say that I've helped several people land, land, TEDx and, and, and deliver their TEDx talks as well. So that's how that came about. It wasn't intentional. I didn't sit down one day and say, I want to be a TEDx coach. It kind of dropped in my lap.
1: So, so basically just being in action, you know, people realize that when we're in action, things can happen that we don't even expect to happen, but we got to first be in action. Yes. You know, I, yes. I guess we'll nerd out a little bit and go a little bit scientific. You know, we think about um, the law of motion. You know, mm. if it's in motion, it's yes. going to continue to be in motion unless yes. something impedes that. And
0: That's so right.
1: if you just keep moving and you don't let stuff impede you, you're going to keep on moving. We can use, right. you know, Sir Isaac Newton's, you know, philosophy on, on motion in real, real life. You know, just get in action and start moving out, and that will make a big, big difference. And so, sounds like that's what you just did, and then look at what happened with it. And you have been doing an amazing job impacting other people. And then the other thing I was going to say: the reason why people are calling you because they're like, I didn't even think I could do that. Look over there, M did it. Let me let me reach out to M and see how she did this. You know, and that's what people did with me when I wrote my first book. Uh, and I was putting it out there and I was really excited. I had friends, I had family, I had different people saying, how'd you do it? I was like, let me tell you something. It is really easy. Don't <laughs> be out here letting these book publishing companies really, really, you know, take you over unless that's something that you really don't want to have the time to do and everything. And so right. I started my own imprint company and then people were like, you could do that. Like, uh, yes, you can do that. And let me show you. So I have several friends that have done it now and they had no experience, no anything. And they're just out there like, wow, Bridget, we really did this. Yeah. Because when we see other people do it, we can. So I appreciate the fact that you were a trailblazer for other people. So let's Uh, talk about that trailblazing. How is that sometimes when you're the one that's out front and you're doing Mm -hmm. some things that's foreign? that other people haven't done yet. Let's talk about yeah. some of that, the, the mm. easiness of that and in the champions uh, side of that.
0: Yeah. Oh, that just gave me goosebumps because um, that is a, a place that I, I'm still figuring out how to navigate if I can be trans- transparent, transparent. Um, but so the trail, you said trailblaze and that just gave me chills. I've found, that in several areas of my life I'm and this is not from a definitely not from an egotistical place but I have found that I'm usually the one in my circle whether that's family or friends that um has done this for the first time I you talked about uh becoming an author and then having your imprint um company when I released I am a recording artist so when I released my first cd it's my only CD right now. But when I released my CD, um, I was the first in my circle. Wow. And it was like, whoa, you know? And, and I, I'll never forget, I had a CD release event, a concert. Uh, at first, I was like, who's going to come? I, who knows me? And the room, the auditorium was packed. And I remember being backstage and was, I was there by myself. And for the first time, I had the thought, "Whoa!" Wow. Um, leading in certain spaces, being the first to do something, it can be lonely. And I remember just that loneliness for those few minutes backstage while I was waiting to make an appearance to open up the show. And it made it made me think that you know I never want to. You know when you hear people say it's lonely at the top. This wasn't the top, but just being the first to do, or I don't want that feeling. And so that is—it was a big wake-up call for me to what you started this show, um, emphasizing the 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 benefits of having accountability or just even a circle of cheerleaders. So I was like, I want—I always want to be the cheerleader for someone else, but I also want cheerleaders for myself. And I don't want to be in that lonely place. You can't help it every time. Like you can't, there's some things you do, you have to go by yourself, right? But if you at least have people in the background that you can call, I'm sorry, stop me anytime because I I can continue. But there's one more example that comes to mind. My first TEDx talk was in London. Mm -hmm. I was so excited when I got the news but I couldn't tell anyone. They told, you know, they said, don't let us, don't tell anyone. Don't put it out there until we tell you. So when they told me that I could, I remember putting it out there on Facebook and everyone, all the love. And then on the flight to London, I was nervous. I was going there by myself, nervous. Like, why did I tell everyone? And so on stage, (laughs) I had to Uh, behind the scenes, I'm sorry, I had to text my friend, call my friend in the U.S. and say, hey, I'm scared, I'm nervous. And she helped walk me off the ledge. So anyway, all of that to say, have cheerleaders, have the people that inspire you.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, no, you could keep on going with that story. You see my face. I'm like, yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. Because I love those stories of of inspiration. And you didn't say, you know, you could have did a TEDx here, you know, in the United States, you could have did a TEDx down the street, your local college, you know, a lot of colleges, you know, sponsor them and stuff like that, um, community organizations, stuff like you could have, you said you got to go overseas. You know, you got to go across the other side of that water. I mean, just what a marvelous, marvelous, uh, inspirational story. And then other people are listening. And, you know, again, the educator, and I me mean, going back, just even the young youth, that you can inspire, like literally hear, understand this, know that your voice has power. Your voice has authority. Your voice took you again, not local, but took you international to be able to let your voice radiate and reverb. And then it comes back here and hits. Like if that's not a trailblazing moment. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. 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 So let's talk about that. You just said just a moment. I want to unpack. Um, Is it that feeling, that feeling of scared, that feeling of, you know, like, oh, my God, you know, I haven't seen anybody do this. Can I really do this? And then having your friend, you said, talk you off that ledge. That is really, really amazing and wonderful. A lot of times we do have limiting thoughts and we have limiting beliefs because that's our limit. And there's nothing wrong with that unless we allow it to take over. So we don't want it to take over. So what are some of those things? And we talked about one uh, in our pre-interview about uh things that you had limited um do you want to talk about your journey of um what your what what the doctors told you that couldn't happen they tried to put limiting beliefs in your mind
0: yeah 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 so yeah so but I'm a mother of two teenage sons um prior to that I I I was on this journey of motherhood I mean I got married my my first husband (laughs) I got married and um, in my, in everyone's like, oh, by this time next year, babies, you know. And so I remember, and I'll just keep it sh- brief because I know that, um, our time is far spent, but I went through two stillbirths and two miscarriages in just the course of the, my first couple, my first year or two of being married. And I remember after the fourth loss, the doctor, um said, Listen, you've got fibroids. I, I found out I had fibroids after the first loss. You've got to get these fibroids removed, or you're you're you just keep having this problem. And I remember when I found out I had fibroids the first um after the first loss, my mom may her soul rest in peace. My mom said, Listen, I have fibroids and I never had them removed, and I went on to have all three of you. So I remember holding on to her testimony as mine. I said, well, my mom, this happened. So, you know, it's going to happen for me. So I didn't have them removed. Plus, I didn't have the money, <laughs> but I didn't have those removed. And then after the first loss, the doctor said, it's, this is going to keep happening. So we drummed up the money, had the, the the surgery. And as I'm recovering in the recovery room, the doctor, the surgeon comes in and he says that that, um, this was successful, except unfortunately we lost a part of your tube um, um during the surgery. So you're probably you're never gonna be able to give birth naturally. Maybe you will through IVF, but that's a it's a probability, not a possibility. And so, you know, I just remember being devastated because before I could get pregnant, I just didn't go to t- full term. Um, and now you're telling me I can't even do that. So I wept, and I was had this pity party for about a week. And uh, there's so many pieces to this story, but one that I want to bring out is the power of a book. I I love mm. authors and 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 books that have purpose. And so my mentor, who's my pastor's wife, she gave me a book called Supernatural Childbirth, and that book is a. <clears throat> maybe a hundred pages. And I read that book cover to cover, said the prayers in that book, but it shared stories about women in the Bible, women, present day women at who had overcome issues in motherhood, in, in becoming mothers, whether that was miscarriage, whether that was, you know, whatever. And, um, I remember reading that book and I'll just skip to the good part. That same year after I had that surgery and after the doctor told me XYZ I became pregnant.
1: Go oh, ahead. Look at
0: God. Look at God. And look at God. <laughs> and um you know and that pregnancy went to full you know full term I had my son who's now 16 and I was happy I was content. I said God if you don't do anything else for me you've done enough. And then but About a year later or so, I was like, "Okay, well, maybe he'll need a sister, you know, so God, if you could do this again. And he did it again. I had a brother, another son. So he got a brother who's 14. And so I'm the mother of two after being told that this is not going to happen. If it is going to happen, you have to spend all this kind of money and go through all this process. And I'm not knocking. I have friends and loved ones who um, IVF is the path that worked for them. And I thank God for science and technology. I just knew that at that time I didn't have the finances, the resources. I didn't even know how that was going to happen. So for me, um, I didn't need IVF because God did it in that way for me. And so that informs everything that I've done since then. So I'm not the, you tell me that I can't Watch me do it 10 times. I won't I'm I'm not necessarily gonna think that, but I'll always go back to this story. Whenever I'm I'm facing a challenge, a setback, a rejection of some sort. I always look back, but wait a minute. Remember when you were told this? And remember what God did and how this happened? So I just go back to Lord, you haven't changed. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this is what you did for me then. I don't know how you're gonna work this out, but I know you. And so that, that's that story in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> Girl, love it. Love it. Love it. Because it just made me, when you said that remind me of Ty tribute song, if he did it before he could do it again. And that's, that's the it. thing. And like you said, you know, if people are listening and they've had to go uh, the science route, there's nothing again, like you said, wrong with that. But just yeah. the thing is that you didn't let anybody take your belief away, no matter, you know, what, you still stay to that. And here's the part that I want to bring out too is because that's the thing that we do. We do stories. Like you, you're really good at it because you help people. That's what you coach people in. But it, it came from a story, your mom's yes. story and the yes. story in the book. Yes. And so I want to encourage people and, and I want you to just you know unpack this a little bit more in helping our listening audience understand, get your story into the atmosphere. No matter yes. which way you do it, via voice or via written, but get your story in the atmosphere yes. because somebody needs to hold on to the words from your voice. Absolutely. Go ahead, um, unpack that a little bit more.
0: Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Another goosebump moment <laughs> that, that you just gave me. Um, yes, it was a story that got, actually it was a book full of stories that got me to believe again. I told you, I did have that woe is me moment. And I could have stayed there, but like you said earlier, it's okay. We have these moments, these limiting moments, but we don't stay there. It was those stories that made me have faith and hope again and just say, okay, you know, I'm going to hold on to this. It was that story. And so my story now, fast forward to my first giving birth to my son and sharing when we did his dedication in church sharing out there that hey, I had fibroids, I had surgery and blah blah you know and this is what happened. I had several miscarriages. Women flocked to me afterwards. people that were friends in church, people like that I, I knew from church, but they came to me, listen, I never heard anyone talk about fibroids. I've never heard anyone talk about miscarriages. I've had so many. I've had one. I you know and just by me saying that out there verbally, Mm-hmm. In a form of a testimony made them come to me and so imagine if I hadn't said anything and so I was able to encourage women many of whom now are mothers or did go on to have the fibroid surgery and you know and so on and and that book that somebody gave me, I bought another one, and so I had two. I gave one to a friend who had was was trying to become a mother, and she's a mother today of three. I gave another to a friend who'd had losses and she's a mother of two. So that book, I've, I've gotten a lot of love for authors, a, a lot of love for storytellers because you, you, you're wanting to make an impact. There's the, almost no greater way. I won't say this is one of the greatest ways to make an impact is as you've said, to put your story out into the atmosphere.
1: Yeah. And people don't realize that, that we all have a story. We all are storytellers. Some of us might be up front more yes. and some of us want to be in behind. But yes. even if you're in behind the scenes, still tell your story because yes. we all have it. And I'm going to church today, but let's go a little bit. OK, uh, <laughs> we all have a measure of faith and we yes. all have a measure of rule. Somebody. Yes. I don't care if you're the quietest person in the world. You have at least one person that you're assigned to. And yes. so your story is so very, very important. And so let's wrap up with here. Let's give our listening audience um three tips. What are three things that you would share with people? Again, you don't have to be on the TEDx stage, but you are on a stage of your own life And somebody needs your story, because here's the other thing about when you tell your testimony, the word testimony, the original Greek root word for testimony means to do it again. And so when we tell our testimony, that gives you, as well as other people, uh, the strength that God is able to do it again. And that's what happens, you know, again with you, when you you get motivated, you start thinking about this. Oh, I did this. (laughs) <laughs> I can do this again because look what happened over there. When this happened, that happened. Now, if that happened over there, oh, I know I got this one too. And so what what would be three things that you would tell people um, that they could again, do it again? Yeah.
0: So I the first thing I'll say, and I said it just uh, a few minutes ago, those rejections, those setbacks, those challenges that we experience and we all do. Are if you if you can just switch your mindset instead of a, like I had at one point, woe is me, why me, always me. If it ain't one thing, it's another. If you can just switch it to, this is an opportunity for me to grow. This is an opportunity for me to understand who I am, what I need to put in place, um, to grow, to get to the next level. If you can switch, make that subtle shift, and it, it's not easy, but it's doable. Right. As as long as you set the intention. The second thing I would say is make an investment in getting to know yourself. Right. I say that we spend a lot of time getting to know other people. Um, Also invest some of that time in discovering who you are. Bridget, you do disc assessments and other types of um, you help others uh, in other ways to help people understand who they are. I am I love getting to know, I mean, that journey of getting to know who I was and how God wired me uniquely has been a game changer for me. So, and if you need help doing that, get a coach, get some, you know, just get help, but get to know who you are so that you can shine bright in your element. And the last thing I'll say is something that you said as well which is, you know, are your, your message, your story matters. So when you're wondering, well, what is my message? Uh, your message, you know, some, I've heard people say that your mess becomes your message, or you can make your messy your message. Maybe there's some mess that has happened in your life that you've overcome. And if you share that even with one person mm-hmm. and that person's life is impacted, it's a compounding effect, yeah. just saying it to one person and that person goes on to live and impact the next group of people and so on and so forth. So those are the three things I would say.
1: Oh, I love them. I love them. I love them, especially that other one, because re- people don't really realize how much you can impact other people. Um, I'm going to share this and then we're going gonna to move on out of here, give you the last words. But um, you just made me think when you just said that. Um I had uh in the beginning of my ministry, um, I had started a women's group and I had this women organization and I met this young lady at a church service and she was downtrodden. She was really, really at the point of suicidal ideations in a bad relationship, actually domestic violence. I didn't know all of that. stuff, And so I was speaking somewhere in. She gravitated to me and it was just like off speaking. It wasn't even, I was on the platform that day. I was just in the corner somewhere and I started talking and some other women gathered around and we started talking. And at this time, I had started my women's uh, ministry in, uh, because my sister had passed. Long story short, my sister had passed. God gave me this idea and I was just like, Oh my God, God gave me a whole bunch of sisters. Right. Um, yeah. and so, uh, this particular young lady, she was in domestic violence and I had invited her over to my house. And so I told her, you know, come on over. Um, and we didn't even make it in the house. We made it to the driveway, went to talking, you know, telling her you're valuable. You know, I'm not going to say that he doesn't love you, but he can't love you until he can love himself. And if he's putting his hands on you, he's not loving himself first and foremost. And so we were sharing this and I'm, I'm, in, I'm in young. I'm in my early 30s at this time. So I moved away uh, and kind of lost contact with the lady. So I came back to the area. I'm a school administrator and my school has this bussing and we use the local bus transportation services. So the day one day somebody says, "Uh Miss Jackson, they want you in the parking lot." And I upset because I'm like, look, I don't have time for these uh, these uh drivers today. Look, I'm trying to dismiss school. I'm trying to get, I got another meeting. This is their job. They get these kids on the bus. It's their responsibility. So our school, we had two campuses, K-12. And so the high schoolers were always cutting up. So I'll go out there thinking that's what it is. And the driver says, your name is Bridget, right? And I'm like, yeah. She said, you don't remember me. I'm like, can't place it. So she starts unpacking Our experience, she says, remember you had me at your house. We sat in the car, you and I remember now, and I'm in tears. I'm in tears and I'm crying. And I'm like, Oh my god. I said, Yeah, I moved away. A lot of stuff happened. I had changed my phone number, you know. Back back then we couldn't take our numbers with us. So I moved it to a whole nother city. So I didn't have all of that information and stuff. And I'm like, Oh my god, by this time, I have uh I have myself have gotten a divorce and I've remarried, and so all these different changes in my life and Time has lapsed. I want to say it was about 12 years in between this time, by this time. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm crying. She said, I just want you to know uh what she was doing. She had a you know job. She was driving the bus. She was doing a lot better. What her children were doing, what her life had changed. She said, and you did that for me. Woo. By this time, she didn't change my little, I'm aggravated. I got yes. another meeting. I'm yes. not even thinking about the meeting now. But I'm like, that seed. Like I said, we only had maybe at best three encounters. I didn't even get a chance because we moved and we 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 moved pretty fast. My ex husband had had a new job that gave him the opportunity to relocating. We had a time limit on that, and so we saw the ball. I didn't want to start in a new school in the mid year, so we just jumped through the summer. We found a house, we found the job, we found all this stuff within ninety days. So I abruptly moved right, and we lost contact. But that seed. Wow. I mean, when I say I was on cloud nine the rest of the week at work, at church, everywhere, because we don't ever know where our seeds are going to fall. And so I just wanted to end with that. Em. Your seeds are amazing. You have really planted seeds in me and just this little bit of time of getting to know you, you know, just met you. You know, we were at a mutual conference, uh, being able to see Magic Johnson and his magic. Look, uh, but we literally um, have really impacted each other. And so I just want to again give you your flowers while you can hear them and say thank you for the seeds that you've planted in my life so far. And I'm not going nowhere. I'm gonna do like what my best friend says. She says that I love you and ain't nothing you can do about it. It's so right. go <laughs> ahead and I just want people to understand, tell your story. Yeah. Tell your story. Had I not told her my story. Now, mind you, I wasn't in a, in a domestic violence, but I had low self-esteem. And that's why I started the women's ministry because I had been abused as a child. I carried that over into relationships. I got into inappropriate relationships. I'll be mm-hmm. honest. I was promiscuous. All these different things had happened. Um, Welfare mom, college dropout, just all of this stuff because of what was going on in my life and didn't believe in myself. But then when I turned it around, I was able to plant seeds and then look at these other seeds growing. So, go ahead. You take it away. What's your last words? What would you like um, the audience to walk away with and um, share how they can find out about you and your contact information?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's gonna sound like a broken record, but really, your your story, tell your story. Just as you, other people's stories have blessed you or have helped you grow, your story can help someone else. And I love the the illustration, the real life example that you just shared, Bridget. I actually would just like to leave it with that. Like, um, you never know whose life, whose lives you're impacting when you share your story. It's not about putting it on blast for the whole world, but there's at least one person that can benefit from what you've experienced, from your experience, and that person can go on to impact others. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And how you can find me, I'm M.M. Washington on all platforms. Um, and I, I love uh, new connections. And so if you... If you connect with me, let me know that we met here on this
1: show. Powerful. And um, and I, I'd love to, to connect with you. Definitely. With M. I love you, my sister. And for the audience listening, I just want you to understand and know you can uh, go into the show uh, links and you can contact her. All those links will be clickable. Uh, you can find her on all things. She said in, in Washington. Uh, but if you are, Somebody that's interested in speaking. See, she can do all of this. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna push it. Like literally, if you um, are into speaking or you're shy and you like, she said, you don't even have to be on a want to be on the TEDx. Uh, platform or on, in front of other people speaking, if you just know that you need to sharpen your skill set. Again, it's always about developing every day to be that powerful person that God has designed you to be. I need you to hit my girl up because she is bad to the bone. She knows it. And again, her testimony, she's already said how you can take that story and reshape it. So all her contact information will be in the show notes below. Again, if you have enjoyed M Today, If you're loving on powerful, I need to know about it. Please don't be like that friend of mine that I saw a couple weeks ago. And she said, Richard, I listened to your podcast. I said, I wouldn't even know it. Come on, (laughs) write that review, write that review. Let us, let us know, let us know. Uh, Again, all of that information is clickable in the show notes. You know, I love to always say like, share, and subscribe, but I also want to tell you, coach me and I learn, challenge me and I grow, believe in me and I win. Oh, yes, you are definitely a winner. God bless.